Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm excited to be with you this morning here uh, on our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, having some issue uh, going to Facebook for some reason using this Mevo camera. So I'm sure, well, I, I hope they get that worked out. And uh, But anyway, we're here, and you'll be able to hear these uh, sermons, these teachings on uh, my Spreaker account, which is a, a, an app on your phone, Spreaker, that you can hear the audio version of everything I teach and preach is there uh, as of uh, probably a year ago or so. So even this and the YouTube channel, thank God for it. But today, we are in... 2 Timothy chapter 3, so go ahead and be getting your Bibles and get ready to dig in today. But before we dig in, let's uh, uh, remind you that I will be in Lima, Ohio again on March the 13th at, a, at, the, at the Hampton Inn there on the Roshman uh, on Roshman Avenue at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. I'll be there again. On, again, that's March the 13th, that's Saturday. Two sessions that day, 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. And uh, praise the Lord for the opportunity to go and uh, to, to, to just share the wonderful words of life, the Word of God in the context of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, which all the Bible is in the context of, for that is... That is the context and the only way of righteousness. And the Bible says all of God's words are in righteousness. So praise the Lord for that knowledge and that opportunity to share the gospel on every page in the Bible. Hallelujah. Also, uh, I'd like to remind you that we have a ministry where we send seven expositor study Bibles every week. These are the letters right now, and by this time next week, we'll have this many more probably. And so it takes $1,000 every five weeks to do that, and uh, we can't do that as a local church here uh, unless we have your help also. It's the online giving that has allowed us to be able to reach the point of seven expositor study Bibles every week. And you can donate for that ministry at, at thecrosswaychurch.com. Just be sure and say it's for Bibles. Or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. And there's a, a place you can check for the Bibles to inmates. So praise the Lord for that. It's going to be a great broadcast today. We're here every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. Cross time with Pastor Curtis. And presently we are in uh, the book of Second. Timothy chapter 3. This is, by the way, the last letter Paul would write at the end of his life while in prison to Timothy. We need to remember that all the way through uh, this letter. And as well, everything we're studying in the Word of God, we need to look at who God used and what the overall statement was of a letter to whoever it was to, which we know it's all to us, but we need to understand things like that if it's there for us to understand. And here it is. Paul wrote his last letter to Timothy while in prison uh, near, right near the end of his life 
And we need to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit moved on Paul the Apostle to write here at the end of his life. And it was, it was really, to be honest, it was a whole lot of warning for Timothy because Paul had already told Timothy in the first chapter of the second letter in verse 15, told Timothy all those in Asia had forsaken him. And in, in chapter 4 of this uh, second uh, a letter, he, he also uh, tells them that nobody's with him but Mark. Well, I, he wasn't with him there in prison. He, was, he, mean, he means that's just... He was the only one still with him, if you know what I mean. This, this way of the cross uh, is not a comfortable place in which we live, and we're going to look into that a little bit today. This way of righteousness is not just an automatic tiptoe through the tulips of holiness in this world. Everything in this world is against the Christian. Everything in the devil's uh, 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 mindset is to cause the Christian to, to back away from this race, this, this path of righteousness he's been called to walk on. And we need to understand that. Everything in this world is against us. Everything the devil is doing is against us. Our flesh is against us. Even if it has a show that it wants to serve God, it cannot serve God. Our, we cannot function after the flesh. We must walk after the Spirit. And that simply means to keep our faith in the cross so the Holy Spirit can guide us into the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus did at Calvary so we can experience all the things he afforded us there through his death, amen. So we're going to see, we're going to really focus in on today. This, this 12th verse is at least where we'll begin today, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. And I, I've asked the Lord and I'll ask him right now to give us what we need today, that which would remove the haziness and the dark areas that surround our heart in any area that it may be there, that, that God would pierce through with the light of His Word in the, in, in, the, in the illumination of the living Word and what He did at Calvary to become our living and experiential Word of life in us, flowing through us. Amen. To, today, to give us the words of life, the bread of life, to convict our hearts and that we would deal properly with His conviction. God, I'm sorry if that's the end of it. That's, that's not doing anybody any good. God, I'm sorry. Show me. Strengthen me. Give me that which I need. And we'll, we'll see that, that, that we need to learn to deal with conviction of the Holy Spirit properly. He never shows up and, and convicts me of what's wrong without showing me what's right and empowering me to go that way if I'll trust in the sacrifice of Christ. If, if I'm trusting in anything other than the sacrifice of, pride, of, sacrifice of Christ, the life that I'm looking for is not going to take place. The life of Christ only comes out of my faith in His death. Life, Pastor Scotty preached it good last weekend. Life only comes out of death. And just because you've been given life doesn't mean that you won't, you won't be 
a dead Christian. Read Revelation chapter 3. Jesus tells the church in Sardis, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Read Romans chapter 7 verse 9 where the apostle Paul says, I was alive once without the law. That means born again. But when the commandment came, when he looked back to the law again, the sin nature revived and he died. Oh yes, you can be dead, Christian. That means functioning in a place where Christ can't profit you. He can't, he can't affect you. Grace, we fall from grace. Galatians 1 and 6, Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Read those things. Read those things and know this. These things have not been talked about. And when they have been talked about throughout the ages, it's through preachers that say, well, that's the lost people among the church. No, my friend, it's not. The church can be dead. Paul said the sin nature revived and he died. Come on now. We've got to stick with the word of God. And God's going to pierce through the darkness and the hazy parts that surround our hearts with, with heresy and things that are not right. And anything that's not quite right is still wrong. And we need to learn to deal with conviction. I'm going to say this again before we move on. We need to learn to deal with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. God, I'm sorry. That's not going to get it. Forgiveness is not deliverance. Forgiveness is not automatic advancement. And, and, and us having the presence of God in our lives, and we do as Christians at all times, us having the presence of God is not God's approval. It's not God's automatic approval. He said study to show yourself approved. Study to show yourself approved. Come on now. Talk about it. Study that you might show yourself as already approved through faith in the blood that you might show yourself approved. Let's dig into the Word today. I believe God's got a Word for you and a Word for me. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yes, Paul says to Timothy, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus. That means faith in the cross. In Christ Jesus points to where you were immersed into him. It wasn't a church or a, a water baptismal tank. Romans 6, 3 says we were immersed into his death. We were immersed into his death. Hallelujah. That's, that's how Paul could say we were crucified with Christ because when he represented us as the last Adam, he did it on Calvary's hill on a cross in death. That's where the old man had to be put to death. Hallelujah. And that's where the, the, the communion took place. That's where the display and the declaration of God's righteousness took place. And you, you and I need to realize that. The phrase, in Christ, points to Calvary. It doesn't point to anywhere else. Colossians 2.6 gives us a paramount, a paramount word that as you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so, like so, walk ye in him. Just as you were immersed into him by faith in his death, then walk in him through faith in his death. And you will find the Holy Spirit working in your life. You being conformed to the image of Christ. Hallelujah. And you learning to live this sacrificial life we're going to be talking about today. Learning to deal with the 
persecution that you will suffer if your faith is in the cross. And let me say this. This is not a maybe or a, a could be or whatever. Let's read this again. And, and let, me, let me remind you. Those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, take God's Word as what it is written. Amen. We don't read this and then go find us somebody that tells us, well, this really means, no, sir. Those that have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, who is the Spirit of truth, are going to take God's words, written words of truth, at face value. Yes, we can learn the depth, but they never change. And we need to understand that. Paul tells Timothy, and you, and me, that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Amen. Those who are not living godly in Christ Jesus or those who are living, they think godly, they have a form, but they're denying the power. Listen, here it comes again, 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross, not the resurrection, the cross is the power of God. To us who are saved, got so many folks trying to bash, say negative things about us who preach the cross and want to throw all the attention on the resurrection. Jesus is resurrected, my friend. He's at the right hand of the Father in heaven, but he's not sitting there with a golden crown on looking like some exalted king. The Bible says in Revelation 5, John was allowed to peer into heaven and wrote what he saw, and he saw one, he saw Jesus as one had been slain as a lamb. You need to understand that. All of heaven's focus and all of heaven's praise and worship is toward Jesus, the Son of God, the man who has an appearance of a lamb who's been slain. You need to get a hold of that today. You need to get a hold of that today. I said you need to get a hold of that today. Hallelujah. And we are told to pray, Thy will on earth be as it is in heaven. Glory to God. Worship to the Lamb. Hallelujah. The Lamb. That speaks of the sacrificial Lamb. Jesus Christ that died for you. Hallelujah. Jesus was raised on the third day. Hallelujah. Ascended into heaven. And he's at the right hand of the Father. But his appearance there is as a Lamb who's been slain. And again, for those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, they will take God's Word at face value and understand that Jesus said, it is written. Glory to God. And that's the way we need to live our lives. It is written. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Not it is written, but let's listen to what he's got to say. She's got to say about what it really means. No, it really means what it really says. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying will just read God's Word and take it at face value because that's the way it was given to us. If you're going to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. There, there, are, no, there are no options. There, there are no, it, those who deny themselves are going to take up their cross every day and follow Jesus 
Are they not going to be found following him? Jesus said in Luke 14, 27, lest you take your cross up and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Disciple means learner, follower, learner of Christ. Without faith in the cross, there's no avenue for revelation from the Spirit. There's no avenue of illumination of God's Word from the Spirit. Now men can illuminate each other. I did it for years. And I, and I hate it that so many people uh, are still sunk in that same boat. They, they didn't look out as, uh, and see the value of the cross, the value that you got some people, preachers today in the world, many preachers in the world talking about that the cross was a place of Christ's defeat. And that's the way they see it. They're still blind to what Christ did at Calvary, and they teach that his resurrection was what defeated Satan. And that's not even written in our Bibles. What is written in our Bibles that we were justified by the blood. Hallelujah. That the devil had the power of death that he had taken from him through the death of Jesus. Hebrews 2.14. Hallelujah. The, the, the resurrection was just the, the perfection of a declaration of what had happened at Calvary, that Jesus had atoned for all sin. We don't, and these people who are, are teaching that, that the object of faith and the focus is the resurrection, you have to believe Jesus was raised on the third day to be saved. But the reason you have to believe that is because if you don't believe he was raised the third day, then you don't believe that he atoned for all sin. The focus is what he did as the Lamb. <laughs> hey, the lamb slain. Hallelujah. That's the object of faith. And that's why it's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's the place where, let me say it again, the display and the declaration of God's righteousness was seen and heard. Romans chapter 3, verses 25 and 26. So all that will live godly, in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you're not, listen, if folks, if everybody's just happy with you everywhere you go, and, and listen, it's because you're not living godly in Christ Jesus. I, I mean, it's kind of like Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, which we just dove into yesterday. Let, therefore, let us give the more earnest heed to those things we've heard, lest they slip away. Let's just say it like it should be said this morning. We're either giving the more earnest heed, which means the super uh, abundant focus and attention to and, and thriving after, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. Or it's slipping away. There ain't no middle ground in there, my friend. We're either full force ahead super abundantly given attention to and focus on the cross of Christ, the great Lamb of God and what He did at the cross for us, or it's slipping away. It's slipping. Oh, we may still be in the Word every day, in church every week. We may still be in the programs and talking about this, that, and the other, but that which we heard in the beginning is slipping away while we replace it with these fads and these schemes of the enemy coming in through men who are deceived and influenced of Satan and his self-transformational methods. Never forget that. If you're going to suffer persecution, you're going to be found living godly in Christ Jesus. Nobody signs up for persecution, but we do sign up to live godly in Christ Jesus. And when we do, 
we learn that it's going to take faith in the cross not only to live godly in Christ Jesus, but to have, listen, to have the courage, the confidence, and the strength that comes by the Holy Spirit to keep living godly in Christ Jesus when the persecution comes. It's twofold. I've got to have faith in Christ and His redeeming work at Calvary to live daily in Christ Jesus. And I've got to have my faith remaining there when the persecution, the, criti the criticism comes. If, 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 I can't let the criticism and the persecution move my faith from the cross. I can't back away as many did in Paul's day. Paul tells Timothy in, the, in, in this uh, uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 15, Timothy, you know that all those in Asia have forsaken me. Then in this fourth chapter of, of 2 Timothy, he, he tells Timothy, I've got nobody left but Mark. And that doesn't mean that he had nobody there with him but Mark in prison. That means he had nobody left with him in this what he was writing, what he was believing, what he had preached, and, and what had seen many saved with him other than Mark. Now you've got to get this. This is the close out of Paul's life. This is, this is him in prison because of what he believed. But this is also Paul writing this letter to Timothy because whatever happened to Paul is probably knocking on the door of Timothy and it's knocking on the door of our hearts. And the church, the church years ago, years ago, slammed the door in the face of anything that's going to bring any kind of harm, any kind of criticism, any kind of persecution. The preacher's not going to preach anything that's bringing any criticism. Listen, over the last 23, 24 years, the message of the cross has permeated and come back into the church again. Now, I understand most don't know it and what the cross means as it pertains to daily living because it, it, on, on rare occasions did it ever even pop its head up, this, this revelation, this illumination of how the cross of Christ pertains to our daily living. And when it did pop up, it was hammered like early in, in the early 1900s when the Great Azusa Revival was taking place here in, in America and William Seymour and, and Parham and, and those men were being used of God to bring the truth of the baptism with the Holy Spirit back into the church. And, and after a certain period of time, <coughs> two or three years I believe it was, it began to wane down and, and a man named William Durham came to town when Seymour and Parham had kind of ventured out and uh, trying to keep the flame going and moved uh, somewhere else. And, and a man named William Durham brought this truth of, of the cross of Christ as it pertains to daily living, sanctification, not just justified by faith in the cross alone, but sanctified daily and the grace of God functioning in our lives daily and overcoming sin daily through faith in the cross alone. And I'm telling you, Seymour came back, had the uh, 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 locked Durham out, out, put chains on the doors so he couldn't get in and preach this message. It's the same today happening now by those who think that Pentecost is the answer. Getting baptized with the Holy Spirit is the answer for deliverance from sin and all these other things and sanctification, which it's not. It's not. You need to understand that. 
And, and, and that movement, you can look these things up online and read about it in several places online. It's, it, it, let me see what it's called. It's called the finished work controversy. The finished work controversy. You can read this. People see, people have never heard these things. When the message of the cross raises its head up and begins to be preached as it should on every page of the Bible, for without the Word of God dipped in the blood of Jesus, and we see, and we're, we're, if we're not seeing it through the gospel, I don't mean through our born again experience, I mean through the, I'm talking about looking at every word through the blood as it pertains to the living Word and what He did at Calvary to become our living Word. If we're not seeing God's words in their righteous context, which is the way of the cross, then we're not going to understand it and, and, and we're not going to be able to function as the body of Christ properly. Amen. The, 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 the work of righteousness took place at Calvary. And Jesus walked on this earth every step. He walked in righteousness and carried out that work of righteousness at Calvary, that work that brings us peace and stillness and assurance, Isaiah 32, 17, that way of the cross is the way of righteousness. And Psalms 85 and 13 says, Righteousness went before him and has set us in his steps that we're to walk in this same path of righteousness, which is the crucified life, the way of the cross. This is living godly in Christ Jesus. Faith in the cross, not for just initial salvation, but today for everything I need. Today, I've got to have my faith there. And if that's where my faith is, make no mistake about it. You're going to be talked about. You're, the opportunities that you used to have uh, in the religious part of the church that, that doesn't know this and doesn't want this, you're not going to have those invites. You're not going to have fellowship. Because see, where this message is not preached uh, and, 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 and the Christian's faith is not in the cross, there can be no fruits of righteousness. And if there are no fruits of righteousness among certain individuals, then where there is faith in the cross and the fruit is that of righteousness, there can be no fellowship. That's that friction you feel when you come across those who don't understand it, possibly, and their faith is in the programs of, this, of the world that's been brought into the church, and your faith is in the cross. There's that friction. There's just I, We don't know what that is. We know what it is because not only can light and dark have no communion, but righteousness and unrighteousness can have no communion. And for years we've thought that both of those things were just talking about the saved and the lost, but not so. Light and dark, children of light, children of dark, that's saved and lost. Also, children of the day, Christians, are righteous before God in Christ. And those who are lost are not righteous because they're not in Christ through faith in the cross. But over here in this group of Christians, if our object of faith is not in the cross and it's become, it's, it's been placed in the purpose driven, the, the, the government of 12, the words I speak, or, or walking around the house three times, uh, faith in me doing something, uh, uh, any, even the good things in the Bible, if I move my faith into what I'm doing, then my fruit can't be righteous fruit. And that's where we have the friction between those 
who are all righteous if they're Christians, but one is bearing the fruits of righteousness and the other one either hasn't heard the way that it takes place or has and is rejecting it. It's like the one preacher uh, not a couple hours away from here that I mentioned occasionally. He said, do we really want this message in our town? Oh, brother, this is the only message that needs to be in your town. For this is the message that runs throughout the whole Bible. And I'm sure out of your own lips, you've said it before, that scarlet thread that runs throughout the scriptures. But do we preach that scarlet thread that runs throughout the scriptures? Every word must be dipped in the blood of Jesus. Or it's not going to be understood. It's not, we're not going to be able to walk in the truth. Amen. Lay it into more truth as the word of God is truth, but only as it pertains to the man, Christ Jesus, who said he is the truth. And the truth about him that delivers forgives and delivers and empowers the saints of God. Hallelujah. So let's just, let's just make no mistake about it. Wherever there's a child of God that's decided they're going to choose Christ and what he did for them at Calvary and they're going to worship Jesus as the Lamb, they're going to worship Jesus as their risen Savior yet still has an appearance in heaven as a lamb who's been slain, Revelation 5 again. They're not going to run from the persecution because he didn't run from it. They're not going to run from the criticism because he didn't run from it. They're going to choose rather to suffer with the people of God than to go the way of the riches of this world. And the riches of this world is really not just gold and silver. The riches of this world is just, here's one of the riches of the world that the devil is the God of, but here's one of the riches I don't think we ever look at. The riches of this world is just to be in agreement with everybody so everybody will be happy. That's not going to get it. Not many going to be happy with you when you choose to go the way of the cross. When you choose to offer the sacrifices of praise continually, your lips giving thanksgiving to Him and what He's done for you at Calvary all the days of your life. There's, there's not going to be many that go along with you when you hear the truth of the cross and you realize that God didn't plant you in that local church you're in. You planted yourself. Yes, my friend, you're called to live a sacrificial life to glorify God. Do you understand that? And when people have heard this message of the cross for some of them years, but they're still refusing to get up out of that local church where it's not being proclaimed. Oh, the words might be mentioned occasionally, but it's not being proclaimed. And they know it. And the reason they won't get up and get out, they're not going to like this statement it's because they're not willing to sacrifice to that degree what those people would think about them, what their family would think about them, how they might get treated. They're not willing to sacrifice to that degree. And there's only one reason we reach that point, and that's because 
We're really not seeing the sacrifice of Christ the way we need to. We know it's theologically correct, but is it moving me? Is it moving me to follow Christ? Is it moving me? Will it uproot me from where I planted myself and allow the Lord to plant me where I can flourish in His courts? Hallelujah. Don't get mad at the preacher. Until you get up and get out of that mess, you, you, you're not seeing the cross like you should. You got folks right now that know the message. They got the message in their head. And they've, and they've experienced a little bit of the power of the message, but let me encourage you this morning, there's more. There's more. And a part of that more is you having to get up and get out of those places that are professing one thing, but there's only a form there. There's only a form there. They're denying the power. When they deny the message of the cross in the pulpit, they're denying the power. Many preachers today have been carried off with our culture, like we need to preach on culture. Listen, the Bible says preach the word. Cultures are going to change. We need to preach the Word. The Word is what's needed. Christ is what's needed. What He did at Calvary is the answer for every human in every age, in every area, in all cultures, in all ethnic groups. It makes no difference where you are or when you were here. The cross of Christ is the answer and the power of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Not all that will live godly, but all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We've been called names since we come out from among those who don't think the cross is really the answer for all things. Or they might say it is, but then they show with what they preach they don't really believe it is. The preaching engagements for those who are called by God and stand in pulpits and proclaim the power of God, which is the preaching of the cross. I heard someone say it recently that this truth of Christ and Him crucified, you, you're not going to get near as many opportunities as religion, the religion of men, will give you. And you need to think about those things. Pretty much what Paul's writing Timothy here, the instruction, the direction, the warning. Timothy knew what he was surrounded by, but Paul knew what he'd experienced. He's writing from jail saying everybody's forsaken me in Asia. Only one with me is Mark. He's the only one I've got left with me. And he's writing to Timothy at the end of his life in a prison cell. All these words. It says verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You need to understand that. Error feeds itself. Deception feeds deception. Nobody on the earth today that's deceived knows they're deceived until they come back to Calvary. I'm talking about Christians. Until they come back to the cross where their eyes are opened again because until they do, they don't have eyes to see. 2 Peter 1.9 You can go blind. If you forget, you were purged from your old sins. And that don't mean it's nowhere to be found in your mind. Like, I forgot. I don't even know if I'm... No, 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 no. 
It means you've replaced that with something else. And you go blind. Think about that. And nobody realizes, nobody who's deceived knows they're deceived. That's what deception is. I don't know that I don't know. That's why these people fight tooth and nail over what they're holding on to. You just can't tell me it ain't right. You just can't tell me that program did not deliver me from sin. Well, yes, I can because I've got a Bible. And even if you did move away from what you used to do and you're boasting in now that you're not doing it and it wasn't Christ and His way of the cross you were trusting in, that means you just slipped off into an area now that's the worst darkness and deception of all and that's the religious place of pride. Everybody on crack cocaine knows it's wrong, knows it's killing them, knows it's eating their brain and their teeth away, know it's not right. But religion... Is that thing that man thinks is right because it feels good, looks good, tastes good, smells good, feels ever Oh, everything about it to the flesh feels right. But the end of it's death. And Jesus said if, if, if it's darkness in you that you're calling light, how great is that darkness? Nobody knows they're deceived. That's deceived. And all they can do is deceive. So you got to take heed what you hear and how you hear. But you're going to suffer. As a Christian, you're going to suffer. Now, people who are not Christians, but they're in some religious cult, they suffer too. But not a suffering that God calls blessed of Him. Not a suffering that will be rewarded of Him. The only suffering God calls blessed is a suffering for righteousness' sake. We're going to read it here in just a minute. The only suffering that God honors and will bless and reward is those who are suffering because they're living godly in Christ Jesus, not because they go to a church and, and, and the city don't like that preacher so they say bad things about you. No, no, no. In Christ Jesus, a life that presents the life of Christ through faith in the sacrifice shown by the power of the Holy Spirit in us, not because we go to a church everybody in the community hates, not because they hate that preacher so you go to the church so they're going to say, uh-uh. It's when they see Christ living in you and through you by the power of the Holy Spirit which comes with a testimony of the blood. Not where I go to church, not my preacher, not all our programs, but we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And our testimony better point to the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Watch this now. Don't run from the sacrifice. For if we run from the sacrifice of Christ as the object of our faith, we're going to run, we're going to run every time criticism and persecution comes. Watch. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses, ver, verse 5 rather. You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. No, 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 sorry, 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 sorry. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. 1 Peter 3 and 14. But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you, blessed are you, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Now I want you to think about this. The word of the Lord says... If you suffer for righteousness' sake, 
That means the fruit of righteousness must be being seen by others and they don't like it. The fruit of righteousness cannot take place in the church if one's faith is not in the very object that freed us from sin and made us servants of righteousness, the cross of Christ. Would you like to look at it today? I know you would. Let's look at Romans 16. I'm sorry, Romans 6 and verse 17. But God be thanked that you were lost. You were the servants of the sin nature. That's the noun there for the word sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. And Paul says that when we believe it, in God's eyes, that's us obeying it because our faith in what Jesus did as a humble, obedient act unto death gives us that same humility and obedience. Hallelujah. Watch this. Verse 18. Being then, then, that form of doctrine, you believed it. God saw you believing. He called you obedient because it was Christ's obedience He saw your faith in unto death. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. And the sixth chapter of Romans shows us, hands down without any doubt, that we were declared righteous by God at salvation, freed from sin, and He made us servants of righteousness. The rest of that chapter shows us that the only avenue that one can serve God is in serving righteousness. Oh, we need this to be heard in the church. Many today think they can just choose however they want to to live for God because they're righteous in Christ, born again, forgiven of their sins, but their faith is not in the cross anymore. And they, when they hear phrases like this, what I'm saying, they say, well, sure it is. And all they mean, even a lot of these people that say, Christians say, well, my faith has always been in the cross. Yeah, for that which saved you initially. But is that what you're trusting in today? If it is, you're going to have to get rid of all those other things. And you're going to have to stop listening to all those other things being told you that you have to do if you want God to deliver you. If you want the grace of God to flow in your life, if you'll do these things, no sir, no sir. The grace of God does not flow into our lives because we choose to go do something even if it's the, the things the Bible tells us to do. The grace of God only flows into our lives if our faith is in that which Jesus did by grace which was the tasting of death for us at Calvary. If you don't believe that, Things aren't going to work out for you and you're going to have to fake it and pretend. And let me go back to this religious pride and it's darkness. Deception means I don't know that I don't know. And I'm not listening to him. I'm not listening to Curtis Hutchison. I'm not listening to any of those preachers that tell me that what I'm trusting in is not working. Listen, you don't have to listen to anybody you don't want to. But as a Christian, you have to. If you're going to be led by the spirit of truth into the truth, of God's Word, which is the truth of 
who the living word is and what he did for you at Calvary, you're going to have to come back to Calvary. There's no other entrance into Christ and there's no other avenue of walking on the path of righteousness experiencing being restored as he leads me in the path of righteousness. Psalms 23.3 Unless my faith is in that that made me righteous and made me a servant of his righteousness. Things do not just automatically happen for me as a Christian. And again, let me say it, I do not just automatically wake up every day and tiptoe through the tulips of holiness. Holiness is a fruit of righteousness and righteousness is a fruit of my faith in the cross, whether initially at the born-again experience and I'm declared righteous or daily as I consciously choose to keep my faith in where the life of Christ comes to me from and that's His death, the Lamb slain. That's why the preaching of that message is the power of God unto salvation. Well, salvation is not just something that takes place initially. I need to be saved from me every day now. Every day. So, if you suffer for righteousness sake, and see this is tied in for those who live godly in Christ Jesus because in Christ Jesus you become righteous and if you choose to walk in Christ Jesus, meaning your faith remains in the cross of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, you're going to suffer persecution and it's going to be suffering persecution for righteousness sake for who Christ is and what He did at the cross for you at Calvary. Glory to God. God calls that suffering for righteousness sake and He says, blessed are you. You're not blessed just because you suffer. A lot of people who are confessing their sins to a pope or some priest and trying to pray to God through Mary and waving beads around for God to do something. I'm talking about that Catholicism, witchcraft. It's of Satan. They're going to suffer too. They're going to be persecuted too. But God's, they can't be blessed. And they're not going to be rewarded because that's not the avenue of righteousness. Christ is our King of righteousness. He is our way of righteousness, and he did that work of righteousness at Calvary. You say, well, explain that to me. Well, Isaiah 32 and 17 says the work of righteousness is peace. Write that down. I want you to look at these things with your eye bubs. Isaiah chapter 32 verse 17, the work of righteousness is peace. That ain't talking about you, you didn't work to get peace. You put your faith in what Jesus did at Calvary to receive peace. How do I know that? Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. He made our peace by the blood of his cross. You see, Isaiah said the result of the righteous work of Christ is peace. Colossians 1.20 says that peace, that righteous work was performed at Calvary in his blood. See, this is powerful today for those who have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in these last days. And let me say this this morning. I believe the Lord has stirred my heart and is showing those who have ears to hear, those He can bring back to exclusive faith in the cross, 
That the reason the message of power, the, the message of Christ and Him crucified has come in when it did again 24 years ago and given a worldwide platform even through Brother Swagger through which this thing has come some 24 years ago is because this age is about to close. This age Jesus calls the, the time period, the times of the Gentiles. When Israel rejected Christ and, and they were cut off, Romans chapter 11, and, and God turns his attention to the whole world, the Gentile world, and that, but that's only for an allotted time, Jesus calls the time of the Gentiles. And Jesus is about to come at any moment, even in any moment right now, He's about to come and take us. It's called the rapture. It's called the first resurrection. And then he turns his attention back to Israel and the great tribulation, the time of the people of Israel, the time of Jacob's trouble. And we know he's coming to save them right at the point when they're about to utterly be annihilated. He's going to save all of them in that day. But this age, my friend, is about to close. This era is about to close. The door is about to close just like it did on Noah's Ark. And people are laughing, mocking, and saying, you've been saying that, you've been saying that. Well, read your Bible. They waited for a Savior for 4,000 years. Well, He came, hallelujah. 800 years before Jesus was born, conceived and born of a virgin, the Virgin Mary, it was prophesied through Isaiah. Everything that Jesus showed up and carried out was already written. Hallelujah. It's written. The times of the Gentiles is coming to a close. I hope you're in the ark. And if you are, I hope you're get, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to pluck you up and out of everything that is not about the lamb slain. It's not about where your family's been planted in church for years. It's not about the most comfortable place and the easiest and quickest church to be able to get to. It's about where they're proclaiming the lamb of God as the power of God for all grace, for all forgiveness, for all deliverance. Not just so that sin won't dominate over you, but so that you can have grace every day to live this life godly in Christ Jesus. And when the persecution comes, that grace will still be there carrying you right through. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. So don't run from the sacrifice. Don't run from the sacrifice. Jesus didn't, and therefore you don't have to. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You see that today in our country of America like never before. We sit back and sometimes in foolish awe thinking, how could this be happening to our nation? Well, listen, God is allowing it to happen in our nation. And you want to know why? Look at the church. The ch most, most of the church would hear somebody like me on a broadcast like this and say, well, I, don't, I just don't agree with him. And again, that's why Paul said, I'm all alone. I got one left with me that's for me. That's Mark. Everybody in Asia turned away from me. Come on now. This message. Why, why, did, why did William Seymour and Parham rush back to the place and put chains on the door uh, to keep William Durham from getting in to be able to preach the power of the cross? Because they believed that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what 
delivered from sin and gives grace each day to be able to overcome sin. It's not in your Bibles, my friend. It's not in your Bibles. Baptism of the Holy Spirit comes always with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah, amen. But it's for the power of ministry, the power of service. The Bible says that we baptize with the Holy Spirit that we might be a witness unto God. That word witness means martyr. Well, you don't see a whole lot of that among those of us who've been claimed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What you see is a bunch of us getting together, speaking in tongues and, 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 and all that, and that's good. That's good, but the word, mar- the word witness means martyr. Martyr. Living a sacrificial, a crucified life, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Y'all okay this morning? Now that we now I'll read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You also, as lively stones, ministered a little bit on this Wednesday night, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Christians are to live the crucified life, walk the way of the cross. This is, man, this is the it's not going to be accepted by most, but there is a remnant. There will be an army in these last days. Joel prophesied about it that God's going to raise up. Hallelujah. You better know it. Oh, no, it's not going to be the money maker. It's not going to be the most popular, but it will be the most criticized and the most persecuted. It will. You got preachers, I've already said it this morning, you got preachers talking about Jesus was defeated at Calvary. Well, that's not what my Bible says. That's what folks said there that looked that day. Whatever power Jesus had before this, how he raised the dead and healed all them people, fed thousands with a handful of food, whatever power he had, well, he's defeated and it, he don't have it no more. My friend, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying today, you'll know that the same power that called Lazarus out of the grave, the same power that fed thousands, and healed blinded eyes and raised up the lame is the same power at Calvary when Jesus was triumphing over every principality and power making an open show of them in his cross. Colossians 2, 14 through 16. See, you got to be a Bible believer. You got, to, you got to be a Bible believer to be able to look to Calvary and see that Jesus wasn't defeated. He was becoming victorious in his death, stealing the power of death from the devil, justifying all who would believe in him by his blood. And it's the very place that we entered into Christ, faith in his death. When we, that's how the Holy Spirit immersed us into his death. God had to see his son dying for our sins. And, he, and he, God had to see his son identifying himself with the, that old sin nature, that old man. And that's where God saw it. That's where we're identified with Christ at the cross. Our faith in him at the cross. That's where we were immersed into the body of Christ, Christ himself. Are you okay this morning? Are you getting excited or are you getting mad? Those two directions are one of the spirit and one of the flesh. But you, you know, to follow somebody that says Jesus was defeated at Calvary, 
doesn't understand what their whole Bible is about. And you have those men that have mega million dollar ministries and mega million people following them. Jesus wasn't defeated at Calvary. Can I tell you that Jesus was never defeated. He is the victor. The climax of his life and his ministry was his death because the life he offers all humanity comes out of that death. Hallelujah. The li- yes, it's resurrection life from the dead, but you listen, before listen, Christians were in Christ three days before he was resurrected because I was crucified with him. Somebody shout amen. Amen! (laughs) We were in Christ, identified with him in his death, immersed into his death. When Christ came out the grave three days later, it's because he was already victorious at Calvary and we were in him and we came out of the grave with him. Glory to God. Man, that right there will make you shout glory to God. It'll make you burn all that other junk you've been trying to do and work for all your life. It'll. Oh my goodness, don't you see now how people could just come and want to be at the feet of Jesus all day every day and become so thankful and so much in love with him for what he did for us. The more you see what happened at Calvary, the more you'll love Christ, the more you'll trust Christ and the more you'll allow him to carry you through each time of criticism, persecution because your heart is for him to live godly in him. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. What a great broadcast today. We're about out of time here in this session 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and I encourage you, tune in every Friday. Tune in every Friday. Let's get excited together over our Jesus and what he did for us at Calvary. Let's get excited every Friday morning together. And don't just like it. Don't just comment on social media. Help us publish the word. Share these broadcasts on every avenue that you have possible. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be intimidated by what the world or your family, your co-workers will think. Go ahead and, and, and maintain your faith in the sacrifice of Christ and make that sacrifice to share these broadcasts on social media so that all might not hear me but might hear the power of the gospel in their lives. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to pray for us. I pray God pour out on you. Touch every aspect of you and your life and your family and your ministry, Pastor. I pray God's richest blessings be upon you as you find His grace through faith in the cross. If this ministry, if God is using this ministry to reach into your heart and to impart into your life, those things that are desperately needed to pierce through the hazy places and to bring the truth and the power into your life. I encourage you to sow into good ground. We're not hurting for money. It's for your blessing. It's for your blessing. And you can do that on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can also, on your smartphone, text the word GIVE to the number 
50. Praise be to God. Don't forget to tune in Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God's given me a word for the church, and it is this, hidden with Christ in God. Looking forward to ministering Sunday. Praising the Lord with all of you. God bless you. Again, we love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.